big corner turned in the global pandemic as Britain begins the world's first mass vaccinations with the Pfizer vaccine. In Scotland, Northern Ireland, in Wales, in England, people are having the vaccine for the first time. Prime Minister Boris Johnson. 90-year-old Margaret Keenan, the first to be vaccinated. I can't tell you just how much emotion there was uh, in that vaccination centre. Stephen Powers, head of England's health service. The UK's ordered enough doses of the Pfizer vaccine to inoculate one-third of the population with six more vaccines in the pipeline. COVID restrictions remain in place here, but the head of Britain's COVID task force predicts Brits will have a summer holiday next year. So they've been jabbing Brits with the needle starting this morning. And uh, I'm I'm excited about the vaccine. Things can actually improve because it would, it seems like without the vaccine, nothing's going to get any better. Because the states that open up, the states that close down, the states that did, no matter what happens, it just keeps coming and moving around the country. And right. Yep. The vaccine gets me very, very excited. Hey, Britain, how about the old uh, special relationship? Help a brother out, would you? Although I guess we're going to get started as a country in a week or something like, like next that. week. Yeah. yeah. And uh, according to the White House, everybody in the United States who wants the vaccine will be able to get it by June at the latest. So everybody who wants will be able to get it by June. And a lot of us, you know, people that are essential like myself, <laughs> I assume we're going to be at the top of the list as talk show hosts. Yeah. That's, that's uh, earlier than I was uh, hoping for. So I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. For for full on everybody who wants one to get one, I thought, you know, starting to be mass available around that time. But that's mm-hmm. that's wonderful to hear. And Pfizer announced today that research shows so far that you get really good results after the first injection. So you don't have to wait for that second injection. I thought for some reason I had kind of assumed that you did. Uh, that you had to get the both of them before you had, it started doing its thing. No, right, it's it, like the two parts of epoxy. You got to wait till they're yeah, together till yeah. it does you any good. But it's no. very effective starting with the first injection. In fact, the second one's just more to give it more long-lasting power. Mm. So, um, so did they put a number on it? The the percentage I don't know. of efficacy. Have you come there? across that, Sean? Not, a, not, a, not a solid number. I'll okay. bet they do. Mm. But um, that's that's heck of good news. I'm very yeah. happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. You know what's also good news? The fact that the Hallmark Channel has teamed up with KFC for a special movie presentation of Recipe for Seduction. Nailed it. Is that what it's called? Uh, we talked about this yesterday. You may have heard it. We just we just heard the news, and we were very excited. Yeah, Kentucky Fried Chicken and the Hallmark Channel. Or is Channel. it Lifetime? Lifetime Channel. Lifetime, which, yeah. Same thing. Well, Hallmark <laughs> part paired with Arby's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody's going to want to set their DVR for this, so you got to get the channel. Yeah, melted right. cheese of love. The Arby's production is on Hallmark, <laughs> but recipe for seduction is on Lifetime, a KFC venture that features Mario Lopez as a young Colonel Sanders. <laughs> but we've got oh, sorry. We've, we've got the trailer now for the television show. Trailer is a good term for this, and um. Well, this is about what you'd expect. The Oscars are already buzzing. (laughs) What the hell are you doing? A Lifetime original mini-movie. You don't answer my proposal, and now you're not answering my call. I think I'm falling for the new chef. Jessica is falling for Harlan. The cook? Leave Jessica alone and skip town. He has a secret recipe that's going to change the world. Harlan claims to have some secret recipe. A secret recipe? (laughs) Spare me. We all have our secrets. (laughs) If you marry my daughter, I promise there'll be more long weekends in your future. Mom, I have to tell you something. We have a problem. Secrets out, chicken man. I'll take care of this. He's ruining everything! Just kill him already! Who the hell are you? 
Harlan Sanders, the new chef. Mario Lopez is Colonel Sanders in a recipe for seduction. <laughs> wow. Did I hear somebody <laughs> shout, just kill him already? Yeah, that was after, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that is when the... Uh, <laughs> The estranged beau, the estranged lover, who yes. is constantly with a sweater tied around his neck. It's not a. It's not the look of a masculine man, and he <laughs> he, uh, he wow. has gender uh, shaming. He, I agree. He has young Colonel Sanders uh, tied Harlan up. Harlan Sanders. There's a new chef in town. And yeah, that is the the uh, the daughter of the would be bride. Okay, encouraging so, him to to off the. So it's the tropiest of tropes: the rich, belligerent ex boyfriend who. You know, if I can't have you, that cook sure can't. Yeah. Who's also in league, it sounds like, with the evil mother yes. of the love interest girl who wants her to marry the evil rich guy. Yes. Wow. But is the is the mom suggesting that if you marry my daughter, I'm going to sex you up? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's implied. Wait, is there anybody that would react positively to that? It depends on mom. <laughs> oh, geez, I would think this is going to be a heap and helping of a mess here. <laughs> Wait a second. I just my uh, favorite part of that that uh, that trailer and 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 it doesn't leap out till you've heard it a couple of times. Is this gal believes her chef boyfriend has a chicken recipe that's going to change the world, <laughs> and that's why she's hanging with him. I mean, sure, his chicken's really good, but there are a lot of places you can get good chicken. <laughs> and look at his It's not like he's going to cure cancer. <laughs> he's going to be the first on the moon. He's got a decent chicken recipe. It's Mario Lopez. He's he's chiseled from rock. He was the, the greatest wrestler Bayside High had ever seen. It's The chicken recipe is what she puts on Instagram to talk, to convince people it's not about the fact that he looks great in a t-shirt. Ah. Uh, and uh, he's... And he, as women it, with their shallowness. If you haven't seen it, he's got the... Um, He's got the little goatee and mustache, but he's just starting to go gray yeah. of a young Colonel Sanders. Does he um, wear a white suit? Yeah. The, he does. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. With, like, a little black, like, not the quite bow tie thing. Yeah, like, is it a bolo tie? I don't know if that's a bolo us? tie or not. But um, uh, this is the best line from the show that we really like. Secrets out, chicken man. The secrets out, chicken man. <laughs> I am a big fan of the after the montage of everybody commenting on how uh, the he has a secret recipe. Secret recipe. The ominous. We all have secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? We all have our secrets. Yeah. Secrets out, chicken man. Secrets out, His chicken man. His is like a pinch of cumin, though. I mean, it's not, <laughs> not that interesting. There's only so many spices. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. And, of course, the most hilarious part of the whole thing is it debuts at noon on a Friday. Oh, that's perfect. Noon. They the know their crowd. The husband's away. I just got up. I just changed in my different sweatpants. <laughs> I'm going to watch me some get get me a heaping, helping a hot Mario Lopez. What I'm going to do. Get me a bucket of chicken and check out this movie. <laughs> Secrets out, chicken man. I just, I like how it's not just, I expected one of those Hallmark Channel you know, romances where she's recently divorced, goes back to her hometown that she never liked. But the Christmas parade is not going to happen this year because they don't have funding. And then she meets the plucky bookstore owner and they get the Christmas parade back on and raise money for the sick kids. And, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> but this one has an element of like uh, true lies. It's like a, a murder drama to kidnappings and stuff. It's like, oh, you know what it is? It's like Fargo with fried chicken. Secrets out, chicken man. It's oh. like Fargo with fried chicken. <laughs> Might be it. They, they should put that on the on the blurb. Right. On a little review thing. Joe Getty, it's like Fargo with <laughs> fried chicken. Oh, I've never had a blurb. We all have our secrets. <laughs> secrets out, chicken man. 
Yeah, oh, but mine boy. is even more pepper. That's my secret. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Secrets out, chicken man. Secrets oh, out, chicken man. Oh, my God. Have you seen the new chef? Are there any heavy-handed... He looks like Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I want you to have my breast and my thigh. Oh, I mean, geez. are there any uh, like heavy-handed double entendres? I certainly hope so. <laughs> oh, I'm family size. <laughs> what? I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> too much. Oh, I come with two sides. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. What, what are you offering me? <laughs> I'm confused. I don't understand. <laughs> the script doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, contract says there would be uh, 12 obligatory chicken references, and we just we couldn't come up with the last couple, so I just kind of jammed them in there. Didn't like this side? You can change it out for another. What? What are you talking about? Are you yeah. offering me sex? Just say so. <laughs> oh, boy. I still can't tell if this is a joke or not. Uh, No. Hmm. No, I think it's a sincere uh, co-mingling of a couple of organizations' needs. Are they going to announce, like, are there going to be ads? All it, Probably all KFC ads, since it's a KFC yeah. thing. And it's introducing a new, you know, peppercorn lemon-style chicken or something sure. that we've well, never seen before. Kids' movies exist to sell toys, now to a large extent. You might make, even if you make a, a $100 million off the movie, you'll make a billion dollars off the toys. So I think this movie essentially exists to sell you chicken. Hmm. Which is fine. I'm not anti-chicken. I'll probably watch. Secrets out, chicken man. <laughs> is it noon on this Friday? Uh, no, I believe it's the 13th. I guess. Just that, that is this Friday, isn't already. it? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, already. it is this weekend. It is this weekend. Yeah. He's got a secret that's going to change the world. Eh, it's going to change the world. <laughs> yeah, December 13th at noon. <laughs> I'm going to stir my slaw. Uh, what now? Oh, boy. I, I'm going to tape it. I'm going to DVR it. Got to. Restaurants all across the country and uh, barbershops and nail salons and all kinds of stuff are pu- pushing back. This time around, lots of people are saying, no, nah, I'm not going to close. And you know why it is? It's, you know, some of it's bravery and patriotism and whatever. Some of it is just, I got nothing to lose. If I close down again and stay closed, I'm going to lose my business. mm I heard a guy, we, we played a clip from a guy the other day who is going to keep his restaurant open and said, I'm not going to go out of business because of your science, which is perfectly reasonable. Right. Hey, I've got just as much science that says it's okay to be, uh, to serve people outside. So I'm going to stay open. I don't know how this is going to play out, but uh, that and other stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Light itself, when as expected, uh, we've been having a lot of trouble with fires in the tail of the airplane and igniters that wouldn't work. Fortunately, they all worked that day, and uh, and we pushed the thing out, and really, uh, once we got the mock jump on the mock meter, and we got our first sonic boom here, then it almost was a letdown, you know, if the damn thing didn't blow up. <laughs> Chuck Yeager, American war hero, test pilot, role model. My favorite, one of my favorite aspects of his story is that he didn't qualify uh, to be a pilot. He didn't have enough education and all 
But when World War II broke out, the Army Air Corps said, all right, you're interested. We'll give you a try. Go ahead. Turned out to be one of the great pilots of all time. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Didn't meet the standards. And he died yesterday at the age of 97? Yeah, he did. He did. I I meant to say that. But uh, God bless him. What a great American. Chuck Yeager. Uh, Got this text, Sean. This is for you. DoorDash and Airbnb are going public this week. Does the PSP suggest buy and hold or wait and see? Uh, I tend to stay away from most IPOs. Uh, there's going to be a long avenue of, of possibilities where you can own these things. And they, uh, me, the average retail investor, I I do not have access to the IPO price. And by the time I can get my hands on the stock, they have often already jumped up a significant portion. Mm. So I like to wait a couple weeks to see what happens after that. The, these stories, these giant, the, the, when, when they come on the market, just they, they reek of the stupid reporting that is the finance world, which is the worst reporting that happens in America, I think, the financial reporting. It's pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's useless. On the real financial <laughs> channels, they, they have decent stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. like your 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 Good Morning America Today show type coverage of this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just so terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, buying land on the moon. Got to pay, pay that off eventually. I'm, I'm going to go big on moon land. This story Speaking broke, of investments. This story broke yesterday. We forgot to mention that the Seattle mayor that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, because George Will wrote a great op-ed about... The bill that is coming to Seattle for allowing CHOP to occur, and a lot of that damage lands at the feet of Mayor Jenny Durkin, has announced she will not run for re-election next year. Why? Because you're going to be in the midst of a lawsuit that could run in the hundreds of millions of dollars the taxpayer is going to be on the hook for because you thought the street party atmosphere of Chaz was a good idea? Anyway, so she's... Defund the police. And defunding the police and crime skyrocketing and everything like that? I mean, interesting to see the backlash to a lot of those policies. Oh, yeah. Hey, that reminds me. Um, Sean, play clip 41 for us, would you? This is from a special report with Brett Baer. Residents of several big cities are trying to recover tonight from another weekend of deadly violence. At least 37 people were shot in Chicago. Five of them died. Hundreds of people literally attacked the downtown area, fighting and looting stores there. A surge in shootings in Philadelphia has left more than 20 juveniles dead so far this year. That's almost double the count last year. The New York Police Department says shootings in New York City have surged to levels unseen in years. Murders are up 38 percent, by far the largest spike in decades. Shootings have almost doubled, up 95 percent. Some in the city call the plague of shootings New York's other 2020 pandemic. How about that? I mean, that's not like one or two cities that have a problem. It's virtually, well, not all of them, but there are a heck of a lot of them. I'd have to look around at... You know, a list of uh, the 50 biggest cities in America, but I don't know of any offhand where crime is down. I know shootings are way up in all the cities I deal with. Yeah, there is something going on with the mood of America, whether it's, uh, you know, the politics of our times or the pandemic or it all coming together in a stew of uh, ugliness. But hell of a lot of prisoners have gotten released, too. Yeah. In the name of uh, reform or keeping them safe from the COVID or whatever. Yeah. And changes in laws with bail and what constitutes a felony. And just there's so many things that have changed. Yeah. Um, It's it's troubling. Do you listen to music when you work out? Uh, No, I watch news. Yeah, I always listen to talk radio when I used to run all the time. For some reason, listening to music, I end up trying to, like, make my steps hit the beat. And I either (laughs) run too fast or too slow. (laughs) Um, Which is dumb. Uh, But uh, two-thirds of people report an increase in performance when they're listening to music while working out. 
uh, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what I report is if I watch sports, because occasionally like on a weekend, I won't be watching news. I'll watch sports. I can work out like a fiend watching sports because the adrenaline. Yeah. And the excitement and the rest of it. You know what I used to do in long runs? This probably isn't healthy, but like if I was going to run a 10K or something like that, I would think of somebody that uh, I've hated in my life and like get into a mental argument about it and like just get so worked up and angry that I could wow. keep running. Wow. I know that sounds incredibly unhealthy. That's a, it's interesting. It's like, it's not method acting. That's like method athletics or something. I, yeah. don't, I don't know. What that like is. I think it's some boss I hated and I'd get into it in my mind and just like be able to get the energy and to finish And then what I should have said was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, I've got the top workout songs of all time for people who make playlists for working out. I'll count up the top 10. And eh, no, I won't. I'll hit you with some of them in the top ten. Shake it off by Taylor Swift. Um, uh, number four, lose yourself, Eminem. That's the song I listened to when I ate seven hot dogs bum, in a row bum, 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 a couple bum, of Fourth of Julys ago. There you go. That one gets me pumped up. Another great achievement. Welcome to the Jungle Guns and Roses. Huh. I, the Tiger Survivor. Oh, good lord! And we will rock you, Queen. Okay. Huh. And if you're out exercising, the I, the Tiger. Wow, come on. Unironically, unless you're making a TikTok video or yeah, something. Right? Yeah, but you're actually doing it. You're not Clubber Lang. You're just actually, <laughs> this is what you're listening to while you work out. That's weird. I've become aware that there are people, maybe even most people, who cannot get tired of music. Oh, really? Yeah, they'll, they'll listen to the same hundred songs for the rest of their life. <laughs> That's Ugh. fascinating. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Taliban are not only knocking on the door of Kabul, they are already inside Kabul. Districts like this are taken over by the Taliban at night. When night falls, they come in, they put up roadblocks, they arrest and kill people who work for the government. The people who work and live here know that that is exactly what's going to happen when the U.S. leave. That was from a special report with Brett Baer on Fox yesterday. He's going to do reports on that all week long since the Trump administration announced just a couple of weeks ago that we are going to withdraw 2,000 of the 4,500 troops we've currently got in Afghanistan. I don't quite understand what's going on. Some people refer to it as the end of our longest war is going to 2,500 end it when 4,500 was we're still at war. I mean, I don't yeah, understand. that's a little that. odd. I don't understand the distinctions there, but... Uh, well, one, it's 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 malpractice that the CNNs and MSNBCs of the world will only cover Beltway, Washington D.C. partisan politics, just only. And Brett Bear will give five minutes to the longest war we've ever been involved in. Nobody else does. Yeah, and none yeah. of the other shows on Fox do either. Just nobody has any interest in that sort of thing. It's it's interesting, but. Back to what's going on in Afghanistan. So you remember the whole thing, right? 9-11, knock down the buildings, 3,000 people die. We think we're in this global war on terror. This could happen again at any moment. We send troops to Afghanistan. We then decide, before you even get off to Iraq, we decide we're going to rebuild that nation. Right. And little girls are going to go to school, and it's going to become a democracy and all this crap, which mm -hmm. is insane looking back on it. Yeah, incredibly naive. We pour, like an eight-year-old with the most powerful military on earth. We pour in, in gazillions way. of dollars to build schools and roads and all these different things that are all now obliterated. They're all gone. There's no fixing that, as the Laura Logan uh, reported on 60 Minutes and told us on this show. I mean, she, she went for many, many years, and in the beginning it was terrible, and then there was a period of time where you'd 
land at the airport and uh, take a town car into city center and walk around and do this and that. And then the last time she was there, you're back to flying in a helicopter and dodging bullets. Right. And all the roads have been blown up. All the schools have been torn down. Little girls are not going to school. And as that reporter was just talking about there, the Taliban is just outside of Kabul. They they run everything. And the moment we leave, as soon as nightfall comes, they run everything. They set up roadblocks and they uh, they shoot you if you're with the other side or arrest mm-hmm. you. And Yeah, they arrest anybody who's worked with the government. And I'd imagine their jails ain't great. Yeah, it's it's something that uh, reporter he said. Did they read you your Miranda rights? Yeah, right. Uh, that reporter was saying when night falls, the Taliban will be in charge of this area. And I'm looking at looks like it's going to be nightfall in about five minutes, dude. Get out of there. I don't Get back ha- to the green zone. And I don't have any idea what is the right thing to do at this point. I got kind of sucked into a, a podcast the other day by this guy I had never heard of, but apparently he's a journalist a lot of people are aware of. His name is, and why don't I have it in front of me? Bing. Something Bing. Darn it. Bing Crosby. <laughs> dude, dude, your whole point of you looking it up was so that you had this in front of you when you started talking. Um, he He's written a novel about it, Bing West, and he, uh, he served in Vietnam, and then he was a reporter in Iraq and Afghanistan, and this novel, The Last Platoon, is, Platoon, is about Afghanistan, and the idea is to... Uh, bring some of the issues to the front. A platoon of Marines and CIA operatives clash in a fight to the death with drug lords and the Taliban, while back in Washington, the president seeks a political withdrawal. And it's about all the issues around the whole thing. That's the mm-hmm. point of the book. Yeah. And his belief as a guy that was in Vietnam and thinks that we shouldn't have allowed it to fall the way it did, um, his belief is that we got to keep a certain number of tr- troops behind just so it doesn't completely fall into the hands of the Taliban. And we're not at war, uh, really. We're not trying to, uh, you know, turn it into a democracy or have little girls go to school. We're just not pulling out completely so that they just absolutely run the country. So we're a consulting police force in an extremely violent city. Yeah, something like that. Or, Hmm. you know, if we get the word that, hey, over in that part of the country, they're setting up shop with Al-Qaeda and they got training camps. So then we call in bombers and bomb the crap out of it. Yeah. And they don't get to ever get a foothold. Mm -hmm. And we just do that pretty much forever. Yeah, because I've heard they're still in bed with Al-Qaeda. Absolutely. They are. And for whatever reason, the Trump administration and um, uh, Pompeo are saying that's not true. I haven't heard anybody right, left, or center who believes that. I think they just want to get a deal with the Taliban and go. Although, again, what does go mean if we're going to leave 2,500 guys? I don't know. And are the 2,500 guys going to stay and do what this Bing guy was talking about? Are they going to be there to keep an eye on Al-Qaeda and call in bombers whenever we need them? Part of his uh, point in the podcast that I thought was really interesting is he said we're the, 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 a time is going to come, unfortunately, where we've got to... Um, rediscover our willingness to have soldiers die. We've got we've we've gotten to this weird place, and I hate it every time I hear in the news that we had four people die here, or three guys die in a helicopter crash there, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's the nature of military and getting into these battles. And if if we're going to engage the worst people on earth in these deserts and forests around the country, people are going to die. That's part of the deal. And China's willing to lose people, and obviously the Taliban's willing to lose people, and all these various Muslim groups. We have to be willing to have people die. Right. 
Yeah. Well, that's an ugly reality, but it's oh, it a reality. Virtually I, every civilization on Earth understands that completely, but we've been so safe. And I hate saying it out loud because it, it sounds like such a, oh, easier for you to say behind your microphone. Yeah, it's really easy for me to say behind my microphone. But it is unrealistic that we're going to we're just going to get stay out of any involvement in anything where we would have mass casualties. Mm-hmm. And that kind of seems to be our mood right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm reminded of that Chinese official who I quoted a couple of days ago. He's given a speech. It actually it had something to do with covid, I think, as I recall. But he said, look, if we lose a thousand people, it just doesn't matter. We have one point four billion. So they absolutely have that attitude about. You know, if they get into a tussle, and I, I predict it won't be terribly long before they probe a little bit to see how, for instance, our Navy reacts if one of our ships is fired on. They just want to see what our playbook looks like. Um, they sacrifice 50 soldiers, 50 sailors, rather, without batting an eye. There would be no national reckoning over that. And, man, if you're up against an adversary like that, just there's there's no nice way to deal with that. There's no peaceful way to deal with that. There's just not. Which is, you know, man, this is a dark segment. It's just, it's the nature of history. We're not immune from history. I'd like to think we are because it's been really nice. Not being in existential wars and the rest of it, but I don't know. It's... Well, this Bing West made the argument in the podcast, and I thought it was really interesting. Somebody, and, and how did this not happen through, you realize we've gone through Two terms of Bush, two terms of Barack Obama, and a term of Trump while all this has been going on. Mm -hmm. Two different parties and however many different people involved. And he said, first of all, Congress has got to get back to the whole declaring war and playing a role in this sort of thing and quit being cowards because they don't want to be, you know, against a war that turns out to be good or for a war that turns out to be bad. So they don't get involved at all. Right. But somebody should have gone to Congress and the American people a long time ago and said, look, if we're going to build a country where girls go to school and they have businesses and we try to make a democracy, it's going to take 75 to 100 years, and this is how much it will cost. Now, let's have a vote. Do we think that's a good idea? Obviously, we would have all voted against it. Okay, since we're not going to do that, how about this? How, how do we not have grown-up discussions like that? It's one of the weaknesses, weaknesses of uh, democracies. God, I would, say, yeah. I would say that and that is the advantage you have in a place like China where somebody at the very top, one guy can say, that takes 75 years. And a lot of money. We're not going to do that. So, no. Or we are. Or we are. That's exactly what we're going to yeah. do. The guy after me will take over when I'm dead. That's what Xi Jinping says every day. They famously have a thousand-year plan. I don't even know what I'm doing this afternoon. That apparently involves dating up Eric Swalwell. Yeah. <laughs> Sending hotties over to, to try to get in Eric Swalwell's pants. Unsuccessfully, by the way. I, I, I love foreign policy stuff. I think it's really going to be interesting to watch Biden and his crowd, uh, how they're going to deal with China, how they're going to deal with Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, all this stuff. How are you going to handle this stuff? Man, oh, you got to keep and helping on your plate. I just hope the poo doesn't hit the fan when President Harris is in charge. God help us. Joe Biden, who famously, Robert Gates, who served under Bush and Obama as Secretary of Defense, said of Joe Biden, everybody likes Joe Biden, but he's been wrong on every foreign policy decision that has come his way. Mm-hmm. That's troubling. Yeah. But Joe Biden is, he's got a lot of friends. He's known, he knows a lot of people. He's tied in and and he's, you know, he's a, um, I think he's a reasonable guy. He's not like a hardcore this way or that way on these things. Mm-hmm. What the F would Kamala Harris's policy be if she ends up president 
in terms of dealing with any of these things. She's got nothing. She, Joe Biden's been on all these various committees. He's been the chair of all these committees mm-hmm. um, dealing with these things for decades. That's one advantage of being that old. She's got nothing. No. Come on now. She's a mediocre person. With a, she checked some ethnic boxes, so she got the VP. With a thing. very limited, you know, experience in the world. Yeah. Being a prosecutor and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. God dang it, I don't want her in charge of <laughs> the commander-in-chief of the most powerful military in the world. With her background? Yeah, with know. her experience? I know. Well, turned out Harry Truman was a great president. He was a haberdasher. Right? So don't give up hope, Jack. He Don't was, but he was also in Congress for a long time and then vice president for, for a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, Kamala Harris, she's got to be by far. And somebody, what about Donald Trump? Building an empire like Donald Trump built gives you way more experience in dealing with bureaucracies and all kinds of different things. Foreign government. Not even Kamala Harris by far would be the least qualified president we've ever had. Not even close. Mm. Barack Obama springs to mind. He'd be pretty high on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, hopefully we won't have to deal with that. Eat your vegetables, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Biden, if you're listening, eat your vegetables. Walk your dog. Try not to trip over things. Have somebody else play with your dog. <laughs> well, I heard somebody said no. They changed the story. Now he, nope. to- he told the story to Jake Tapper. He tripped on the rug in the hallway playing with his dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. I saw some uh, email that they're, now they're changing the story. He was doing something else. And I've had, I've had that happen myself with, uh, if you got the hardwood floors and you got the kind of runner rug mm-hmm. that slides all over the place. Yeah. The dogs run around, it gets all bunched up. Next thing you know, you're laying down. You gotta be very careful. Secret Service shoots your dog. Oh boy, really? Thought they were in on trying to bring you down. Well, the Secret Service has to shoot the dog, doesn't it? No, no, no. Tried no, to take no. out the president. <laughs> that beagle tried to take out the president. Malice in its heart. <laughs> it could be a Chinese spy. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah, sure. It'd be a sure. tough couple of tiny little people in a beagle suit. All you don't right. know. All right. Now we go. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So that's really hard to hear. So that's a kid sitting on Santa's lap. What do you want for Christmas? Kid said he wants a Nerf gun. How old is that kid, by the way? He's small kid. Pretty yeah, little. Really, really four. Pretty little. Three, kid four, said he yeah. wants a Nerf gun. Santa says, no, no, no guns. No guns. Not even a Nerf gun. If you want a Nerf gun, your dad's going to have to bring it for get it for you. What, what else can I bring you? What? Then he lists there's Legos. There's uh, a couple other things. And, and then the you kid. Go to hell, we, Santa. We left out the oh part. Oh, my God. I would have gotten so mad. Well, you had you haven't heard the part where the kid begins weeping because Santa Claus won't give him a Nerf gun. Oh, my God. I you would I, I, I wouldn't do it in front of my kids. I have I restrained myself. Oh, they am- learned something about amazingly life. in front of my children over the years. I'd have to get them out to the car and go back. 
Listen, F head. <laughs> oh my God, I would have been so mad. What the hell is That's wrong a heck with of a you? Thing to call Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Call a, 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 drop an F bomb on Father Christmas. Somebody's a, getting coal. What a jack wagon. Yeah, no guns. Sorry, no, no, no guns. Not even a Nerf gun. Liberal Santa. You wouldn't be working at the mall anymore. That's incredible. So weak. What is it with people? What is it with people? You go home. If it bothers you so much, you go home to your wife and you say, God, there's kids asking for Nerf guns. Isn't that terrible? It leads to school shootings or whatever bothers <laughs> whatever you. idiotic notion is, <laughs> yeah. is in your white bearded head. <laughs> but do your dang job. Oh, that reminds me. I saw somebody tweet the other day. Isn't it about time to start arguing about whether or not we can play Baby It's Cold Outside? No. <laughs> oh. Isn't it about time for that cherished annual t- tradition? Isn't oh, it date so rape? Idiotic. <laughs> Me too. We can't play that anymore. The COVID, maybe the only good thing about it is it silenced a lot of those idiotic, politically correct arguments, <laughs> at least for now. Hey, by the way, Michael, we got to get our Christmas music going here pretty soon for our bumper music. We're okay. running out of time. All right, that's fine. I'll start doing that. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Not really. Not here. Not where I am. More than 110,000 restaurants have closed permanently or long-term across the country, according to the uh, National Restaurant Association. How many? More than 110,000. Oh, my God. An unofficial count, those are almost all exclusively my favorite types of restaurants, as your big chains have the uh, right. the, the, the standing cash to withstand some of these things. So there's going to be no shortage of cheesecake factories. Right. But it's, uh, They think it's one in six U.S. eateries. Uh, another 10,000 since September. I would love to hear a number to what Sean was talking about. One in how many that aren't, you know, backed by giant money. Mm-hmm. I got to believe a lot yeah. of your diners, and burger places and stuff like that across the Just country. Just little greasy spoon places. Uh, yeah, little. How would you possibly survive? The executive VP at the Restaurant Association said in a letter to Congress, what these findings make clear is that more than 500,000 restaurants of every business type, franchise, chain, and independent, are in an economic free fall. I can't imagine how you would survive if you're if you're a standalone restaurant, known because I've known people who run these places. The margins are you know you're not you're not getting rich uh, as it is. How would you possibly have employees and? You know, burger patties around and buns and your supply line and the electricity. And I, I can't imagine Cleaning how you last. And, uh, can't imagine how you last. Well, now would be a good time if we weren't out of time to play that tape of Nancy Pelosi admitting that, yeah, we'll let a deal go through now that uh, there's a new president elect. No time. Armstrong and Getty announced the boarding of the Final Thoughts Express. Brief. I like it. Um, here on platform nine and a half or whatever we are. Here, here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Michelangelo in the control room. Lead us off. I was waiting for a major event to go out and buy a brand new 4K TV, and I finally think I have it. That Mario Lopez chicken movie. That might be why I go out and get that 75 inch TV. There you go. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, Positive Sean's our producer. Final thought. Yeah, if you are engaged to someone that you care about deeply, and you have a fiance like that and you hire a personal chef, and that personal chef is Mario Lopez, you don't have a fiancé anymore. Exactly. That's his fiancé now. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately. Secrets out, chicken man. Please don't take my woman just because you can, Mario. <laughs> uh, Jack, a uh, final thought for us? 
Teachers across the country saying it was too soon to bring back the A through F system. So a lot of school districts that had stopped using the A through F system brought it back just in time for distance learning. And there's been an explosion explosion in kids getting Fs. Grades are off the rails this year. We didn't get to some of the stats. We will tomorrow. But it's a problem. I don't know how they're going to deal with this going forward for grade point averages and that sort of thing. My final thought, uh, also teacher-related, wishing the San Diego Unified School District teachers well as they go off to the You're a Racist training. Oh, my God. This school is on stolen territory. Uh, You are upholding racist ideas, structures, and policies. You're going to be re-educated by the woke. Enjoy yourselves. You were born. If you're white, you were born racist, and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Wow, that's a nice thing to learn at work. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have a lot of great swag. Still can get it in time for Christmas. Buy a present for that Armstrong and Getty lover in your family. You drop us an email. Um, if there's something we ought to be talking about, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Face masks, jogging bras, giant underwear for men. (laughs) (laughs) T-shirts, hoodies, come on. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I I did not say that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. (laughs) That sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just... Change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed. Is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Secrets out, chicken man. Armstrong and Getty.